Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Well, not exactly. Once again, Kyrie can't make it. So Jason Tatum's going to have to take up the uh, the slack this week. Hey, it's your co-host, your normal co-host, Kelvin Harris. I'm filling in for Hurley. He's out there with the Mer- the Merritt Island Mustangs at spring practice, getting them ready for their uh, spring game next week. Hurley will be back with us in a week or two. And I know that Merritt Island will be better for the, uh, the effort that he's put in this spring. But I went out and got me a, a ringer, former b-baller, and the first family of uh, the city of Miami, uh, University of Miami three-point shooter extraordinaire and scorer, Stevie Edwards. Steve, what's going down, man? Thanks for having me, my you and brother. Um, proud to be on y'all's show today. Thanks for the, um, the call and invite. What's going on, my brother? Hey, man, you know, we, you know, it's, it's that time of year. It's your b-ballers time. I mean, um, the playoffs are in full bloom, uh, get down family. So we're going to once again concentrate on these NBA playoffs, which I admit, first round was really exciting. The second round has gotten a little dull, but LBJ decided to, you know, spice it up a little bit with some last second heroics. So we're going to go, we're going to go through each playoff, um, playoff series and get Steve's comments before we get started though I want to you know for those of you who don't know Steve's family in the 90s late 80s early 90s was the basketball royalty family of uh, the city of Miami his youngest brother Allen went to the University of Kentucky did he win a de- did he win a title there did they win a title when he was there he won too okay my bad I cheated him <laughs> Stevie, Stevie made a great decision. Helped kickstart the University of Miami's program to where it's at right now. Um, unfortunately, Doug made some poor life choices and went to Florida State. But everybody can't be perfect. Although he was a first round draft pick, and I'm gonna say this, Steve, that team he was on with Sam Dobard, um, uh, Bob Sura. And Charlie Ward, that was one of my favorite college teams ever. Yeah, that, that, I, that was that was a special group right there. I tell you, the first time I met your brother, I was a I was going into my senior year in high school, and me and my high school quarterback were being heavily recruited by the University of Florida. Our high school basketball team was one of the top ten preseason teams, you know, in three A. Because there's only like four four classes then. So, um, for some reason or another, we couldn't go to the football camp. So, the football coaches got with the basketball coaches and said, hey, invite Fort Myers High to the, to the basketball camp because it was a team camp and it was like an elite team. So, first game we played was Miami High. We didn't know who they was. So, um, we come out for the, uh, the tip, and um, I'm 6'2". I'm playing center. My high school quarterback is 6'6". Six, six. He don't want no parts of the paint. And then my other partner is 6'6". Six, six. And then we got a 6'3 point guard, 6'5 shooting guard, white kid. He don't – nobody wants to be tough. I'm the tough guy. So they come out for the, for the tip, and it's 
Cesar Portillo, who's got a full beard, doesn't speak a lick of English. He's 6'10", about 240. Jamel Martinez is like 6'10". Your brother's 6'9". Uh, I think Malcolm Nicholas was the other guy, and then Ramos was the point guard. And we're looking around like, who in the hell are these people? And then they ran us right off the court. And then afterwards, somebody said, man, that's Miami High. <laughs> I was like, Wow. That looked like the Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but that was a great time in Miami basketball. We talked about this off air. Uh, back then, high school basketball was a little bit more compact and more more uh, competitive because you didn't have all the classes in the state of Florida. And I remember when I first got to UM, uh, 87, 88, you had Miami High, you had Miami Lakes, you had uh, Miami Jackson, Miami Edison, and uh, Miami Carroll City. You had five teams in class 4A ranked in the top 10. And basically the district championship was really the uh, state championship back then. Mm-hmm. You won a couple of titles too in uh, high school, right? Yeah, I won too. Now who played with you? You had Did you have uh, Mikhail on the team with you? Um, my sophomore year we won in 90 I had um, Jamel Martinez. He was a senior then. Yeah, he was a senior. Yeah, we Did, won. We won back to back. So I won ninety and ninety one. Was Allen on the team with you any of those years? Allen played my senior year in ninety two. He was a he was a he was a starting point guard. Mm. And we we lost that year in, in the finals. Who'd y'all lose to? Um, uh, it's a good question. You know, my memory don't go that far back after losing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because at that point, if the whoever was getting out of Miami was winning the championship, because y'all just had it stacked, and then your Miami High kind of had a lull, and then um, Frank Martin came back with UD and um, Brent Wright, Steve Blake. They had a good run for a couple years, but now it's not the same, uh, Steve. Um, Miami High's program, is it even competitive at, the, at, the, at, at you know, that level at all? Nah, it don't change. You know, like back then, we always know the state of Florida was a football state. But just having two sports, being able to be, like we talked about before, like Friday nights for football. And when basketball came around and you had the top teams, everybody was packing up and they know it, trying to get to the game, to watch the game. But like I said before, just like Chicago Bulls, with time, everything changes. And sadly, now in Dade County, you just have a lot of more schools and a lot of more classes. So all the talent is being spread out. So making it a little difficult to be having a, a top team like Miami High used to be back in the day. So nowadays, it just, for me personally, it's it watered down a lot. So you're not seeing as much talented players out there. And right now, Dade is not that that market that used to be where a lot of Division One players came out. Well, let me ask you a question. The kid that's at UM, DeJuan Hewell, how does he compare mm-hmm. to the guys back then? Uh, it's a different era. And what makes him a little special now in this era because of his size that he can run, he can jump. He still has more stuff to work on in this game offensively. You know, that come with time and the time that you put in. 
But you know, like most of the guys, like back in the day, like my brother, them was more skillful and still able at that size to you know do all the things that he's doing now. And just I think personally, he didn't really had the chance to compete with all like the top teams like before, like the Jackson, the Carroll City, the Miami Lakes, when you had top players coming out each of them individual schools, going to high Division One schools. Yeah, so so. You've been around Dade County pretty much your whole life. Who is the best ball player to come out of here, in your recollection? In my recollection, uh, well, you always got to be biased because Miami High <laughs> gonna always be that school. And between my brother and Vernon Delancey, them two right there, and you know other people gonna say other players, but you know just them two coming out was some unique athletic quality that you know before their time would made them very special. Yeah. And like well, Vernon, I, I, when, Vernon, when I was a little kid and Vernon lived right behind us, you know, just the stories uh, hearing about how he played, he was just like that player that played over the rim. Yeah. And he ended up going to Florida, right? Yeah. Another poor life choice, but Hey, <laughs> <laughs> now I'll tell you two guys that I, that stick out to me as far as athletic ability and that, the uh, Robert, what's it? Uh, the kid that played in Miami Lakes with um, Corchiani. Yeah, the six seven kid that caught all the alley oops. Robert, oh gosh, I can't remember his last name. He was a Cuban kid, and all he did was jump and dunk, and he ended up going uh, playing Major League Baseball. He got drafted, and then the other guy that sticks out is Gene Delaware from Miami Edison. Mm-hmm. He was pretty athletic, but yeah, Vernon Delancey was a pretty athletic guy. I guess, um, yeah, I guess your brother might be the best player to ever come out of Dade County. Well, no, Michael, Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson. Well, like everybody had a story. I never seen him play, but I heard about the Jackson Five. Well, technically, that, that I can't really say he out of Dade County because him and uh, the other nah. cat. They just kind of showed up from the Bahamas for one year. That's right. We talking, about, we talking about local, man. We talking about people that are coming from the island. Yeah. So Portillo, he don't count either. <laughs> he don't count right. either. Oh, yeah, man. Born, yeah, I guess. People that are born and raised. People that are born and raised. I guess it will be your brother. Yeah. Or maybe Tim James. Mm, the only problem, like, with today's kids, you know, a lot of kids that come out today, they really don't know. I want to say know the history of basketball in Dade County, but you That's mostly hear when you football. go to barber shops and you hear like the older guys talking about you know back in the days in the eighties, nineties. And most kids like today, they have no clue of the talent that actually came through Dade County. No, they don't. But that's not just in basketball. That's in football. That's really in life now. This this generation is a little different, and that's why I like. Um, we're going to get to this uh, after the playoff segment. Uh, the last segment I want to get into at the end of the, end of the, end of the show is the Kobe, or excuse me, the, the MJLBJ uh, debate that's going on right now. It is just getting out of hand. But before we get into that, because that, that's a whole show in itself, I want to I want to get into these playoffs. What's your take so far? Well, pretty much, you know, as a former basketball player, when you look at basketball, you already had the idea, no matter what happened in the beginning, 
pretty much Cleveland and Boston going to be in the Eastern Conference. And on the west side, you have Golden State and the Rockets. It don't matter how they get there, but you knew eventually it was going to be there. Now, once they're there, then that's when you'll start seeing a little bit more exciting basketball. But I'm thinking the LBJ going to make it to the finals again for us eight consecutive times. Now, the, the where, um, Houston and Golden State, that's going to be an interesting series. Yeah, that's going to be a knockdown drag out series, I think. I will say this, though. When you look at the Eastern Conference, it's it's going to end up like we thought, but the teams that show up ain't the teams that we thought we was going to see. I mean, uh, Brad Stevens, is he's earning every dollar that he gets in Boston. He is doing a hell of a coaching job. I mean, they they two superstars down, and I'm going to tell you something, Steve. I'm pat myself on the back. I've been on this Jason Tatum train ever since I saw him play last year at Duke. And I just couldn't believe that Philadelphia was going to pick Fultz over him because I just didn't see it. You know, the couple, of, the couple of times that I did see Fultz play, I thought he was explosive. But, man, watching Jason Tatum because, you know, they're in the ACC and they're playing against us, I was just a fan of his from the jump. I mean, his length, his, um, his versatility. And he is proving me right because he is – him and Terry Rozier are doing it. They are balling. Yeah, but you're looking at two different organizations as far as picking. And, you know, with Boston, you have a former player in Danny Ainge. And the coach that they had with Brad Stevens, even the teams that he had in Butler, send them to the Final Four and to the Finals. So him as a coach with X and O's is an asset to – you know, the college game and also transferring over to the NBA game because when the game comes down to the last minute, that's when execution starts coming into play. And when you put the right players on the court, and Tatum has been amazing this whole year, you know, just being a rookie, but it shows, you know, how high his ceiling can go as he keep improving. And uh, folks, kids, I never really saw him play in college. But, you know, sometimes when you get in that, that high pub and, you know, you think he's – because I don't know if Philly really needs a point guard since they drafted um, Simmons. Simmons, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Wait, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get more into these playoffs. Uh, on the get down with Hurley Brown, your, your, your special host tonight, Kevin Harris, and, of course – the venerable Steve Edwards, uh, part of that first family of Dade County basketball. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're talking big game adventures this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. While most seasons are still months away, that doesn't mean we can't start preparing for our fall pursuits right now. Joining us is Jenna Waller, host of Skullbound TV, Derek Ratliff, president and founder of Horizon Firearms, plus Tom and Nick of Become One. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, Get Down family. We're doing it without the, the lead score. So we got a three-point shoot extraordinaire to come and take up some of the slack former University of Miami great Steve Edwards. And this is your uh, your esteemed co-host who's now hosting today, Kelvin Harris. I'm chilling here in my local Panera Bread in Fort Lauderdale. It's a nice, sunny, <laughs> 85 degrees, nice breezy. I hope all you people in the Northwest are hating me right now because I'm loving life. Steve, you're in Miami right now, right? Yes, sir. It's about 85 over there, too? Yes, sir. Oh, man, you got to love it. You got to love it in South Florida. Yeah, we was talking about the, um, you know, the the Celtics and whatnot. Now, Ben Simmons has had a rough series. What, what, is it, is it the defensive strategy that Stevens has put on him, or is it just the pressure that's getting to him? Well, the one thing about great coaches, and especially when you play in a series, each game is going to be different. Yeah. So that's the one thing you got to understand, and especially as a rookie coming in, you know, you're going to break down video after each particular game, and they're going to try to limit some of the success you had in the prior game. And as veterans, you know, they can figure it out, but younger players, they struggle with it. But it's, it's, a, it's a learning process just for his first year playing, really making a playoff is a, and a success in his own. But at the end of the day, you know, it's always going to be difficult to win, you know, back-to-back games, especially when coaches trying to come with different game plans after each game. I think part of the problem I see is that going into the year, the expectations for Philly were very minimal. And then... Ben and MB got on the court together, and, and the and the light goes off, and you're like, damn, they may just be this good. And then the rest of the Eastern Conference kind of came back to them. So realistically, it was supposed to be two super teams, Cleveland and Boston. Both of them struggled. Toronto uh, perpetrated a fraud with that 59-win season, and and 
and Philly caught fire at the end of the year. So, you know, but I think him and Embiid both would be a whole lot better for this experience because, Steve, if you look at the history of the league, dynasties take time. It's like they go through levels, like like on a video game. I mean, if you go back to uh, Detroit, they got their heads bashed in with, with, with Boston. I mean, remember that, that, that Isaiah play, and then it was Mike's turn. He had to go through Detroit and Boston before he got his championship. You know, um, LeBron, he had to, you know, take his lumps in Cleveland, then go to Miami to figure out how to win a championship, then come back to Cleveland. I mean, it's it's been a, even Golden State, because if you remember, before they fired Mark Jackson, they made the playoffs. It's just something was missing. So I just think Philly's ahead of the – they're ahead of the ahead of schedule. And if the fans just look at the glass being half full instead of being half empty, I think they can look at this season and see that it's been a very positive season. Well, it's just like the the coach there. You got to, to trust the process, and every everything depends on Embiid and Simmons, because Embiid is just a unique talent that, and also he's a late bloomer to playing basketball. But being seven feet and being able to do the things that he's capable of doing, it changes the game to where if he can stay healthy, he's gonna, he's gonna be, a, be a beast. He's gonna be a beast. Yeah. Well, and now looking at the other series in the East Conference, uh, we need a euthanasia doctor for Toronto. Go ahead and put them out of their misery because <laughs> they showed about as much fight. I'm not going to even say it. I was going to say something crazy, but I'm not going to do it. But they showed very little fight. And uh, breaking news, uh, Nation, uh, the Get Down Nation, the city has now officially changed their name to Lebronto. Um, the mayor just had a just had a press conference, and they changed the name to LeBronto, and they're giving LeBron the keys to the city because he owns he owns the Raptors. I mean, let me ask you a question: Game three, if you're Dwayne Casey, when you see LeBron get the ball, or let me let me back it up in the huddle, do you mention it to your players? to double LeBron and get the ball out of his hands? Um, but put it like this. That's, that, that's why I say when, when you watch it in live, in live time, people get a different opinion about how things, you know, form. But at the end of the day, it was a tie game. Yeah. Okay, LeBron had the ball, miss a make. If you miss, they're going overtime. You make a game over, right? But, but when so you now, feel better... If J.R. Smith or Tristan Thompson is taking that make or miss shot, then say King James. I think who they had on the court at that particular time was J.R. Love, um, Covert in the corner. I forgot who the, the other man. Might have been Clarkson. But you know, but you know the one thing that um, Coach Lou did that was um, what people didn't realize. You know, when you call a timeout, you had an option to get the ball at half court or Take it in the backcourt. He took it but in the backcourt so LeBron could get full steam. Right. Since it was eight seconds on the clock, that gave him an advantage. So when Love set the pick, I forgot the other big guy's name. At that particular time, he could have went and trapped and got the ball out of LeBron's hand and gave it to Love. But you know, like you said, if the coach did not mention it in the timeout, 
the players are not going to react to it. And it, it wasn't like it was an easy shot. He's shooting a runner, one-handed off the backboard. Well, let me ask you a question, Steve. Does Craig Elo feel any better today, so many years later, that that was a difficult shot that Michael Jordan took? No, he doesn't. Don't give him that, that chance. You but just, that shot that Mike took, he had to double clutch it. <laughs> but the fact that he took it, why not let John Paxson beat you? Like, if John Paxson beat me, I'd go get me some cookies and milk, and it just wasn't my day. If Kevin Love beats me, I'm good. J.R. Smith, but you let LeBron James take the ball all the way down the floor, unabated. <laughs> At least, did they have any fouls to give? See, that's why I forget. They didn't have any fouls to give, right? No, they had no fouls to give. You got to trap and get that ball out of his hands because, look, he just beat you two two nights earlier with the same game, the same thing. I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from, Steve. And, you know, I think your coaching bias is a little, you know, you're not trying to, uh, and I get it, you're not trying to bash Dwayne Casey. I'm not really trying to bash Dwayne Casey either. I just think that it was just, that was a mental lapse per se in the whole organization, players and coaches, because when you got a player that special, they do special things. So don't even mm-hmm. let them get a chance. <laughs> I mean, but you know, everybody in the gym know LeBron was going to get the ball. Which is why I would have trapped him and made Kevin Love dribble the ball up the floor and take the shot. I mean, one, he don't dribble as good. Now, he might be a better shooter per se, but I don't think he's got the clutch gene. So, if he beat me, it just wasn't our day. But... Hey, that series is over, so now basically Cleveland gets to rest while um, Boston has to try and close out the uh, Sixers in this next game, which will probably be tomorrow or the next day. Um, moving on to the West Western Conference. Well, before we move on, now, this is, a, I think, a major advantage for LeBron and the Cavs. Because with LeBron playing as many minutes as he's playing, however many days rest he gets are definitely an advantage. What do you think? Well, I think what makes LeBron special is his preparation for the playoffs. Regular season, well, this has been his first time in a while since he played 82 games? Yeah. I think the first but, time ever. Okay, but one thing about LeBron in playoff time, it's a different – he become a different – Player, he'd be more locked in. He'd be more engaged. What people don't realize now, you now you you're playing a series now. Yeah. So now, now his mindset become a whole, and and that's what the great players do. You know, they they turn it up a notch. So, like right now, we're watching greatness. Everything he's doing right now is going to be a while before we see that again. I agree. I mean, it is a special time, and I just think. We as fans should enjoy what we're seeing because you just don't know if we'll get a chance to see too much more of this special basketball that's being played by him, um, you know, right now. Now, looking at the Western Conference, um, they just they just killing time right now. Um, 3-1 in both series. Hopefully, both teams can close out 
these next games, and we can get down to the get down. Um, I'm be honest, Steve. I thought Utah was going to put up a better fight, but what I see from them is they're a little too engaged in taking all these three pointers. I thought you got a seven four seven three guy. Force the ball inside, drive the ball to the hoop, try and get Harden in foul trouble, try and get Chris Paul in foul trouble, you know, press the paint. Instead, they're trying to shoot as many threes as um, the Rockets. Well, analytics is, you know, three-point count more twos, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you try to beat a team that shoots a lot of threes, you ain't going to beat them by throwing the ball into the paint. Well, here's the problem I got with that. If you play good enough defense and run them off the three-point line, think about this. They're saying, well, Chris Paul can drive to the hoop. Let him drive Mm -hmm. to the hoop. Two versus two. Because Ryan Anderson has been lighting them up. I mean... He's just standing in the corner waiting for the ball to come. And you got a, you got a rim protector back there that is the best shot blocker in the game. Let him do his job. I mean, now, mind you, full disclosure, Utah hasn't been full speed. They haven't had Ricky Rubio. They haven't had Derek Favors. They got him limited minutes this last game. So this next game will be the first game I think they'll have all their pieces together. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk Western Conference. Uh, got the Warriors and the uh, Pelicans to talk about. That won't be a long conversation either. So we're going to take a quick break right here on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
This is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, we're back here with The Get Down without Hurley Brown today. He is uh, making Merritt Island great again. They're out there at spring practice uh, preparing for the spring game, which they'll have next week, I believe. I know in Fort Myers, I think they're all next week, all around the state of Florida. Hurley's doing a great job as the uh, head man of uh, a story program. Coach Jerry Odom put a great foundation down, and now Hurley Brown is carrying on the torch. So today sitting in with me, I'm Kelvin Harris, normally your, form, your, your, your co-host. I brought in a, uh, a basketball guy, Steve Edwards, uh, part of that first family of Dade County basketball and a former University of Miami Hurricane, uh, one of the all-time greats at school, a pure scorer. Steve had a nice, smooth game. He could shoot the three, could get to the hole. Didn't play much defense, though. But, hey, I mean, back then we didn't need him to play defense. Now, speaking of not playing defense, let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. So, um, did they not get the memo that this is actually a real series and not a scrimmage? I mean, they put up a fight one game, and these other, well, it looked like to me, they threw sand in the bully face, and the bully got up off of his uh, beach chair, took his shirt off, and punched him in the mouth because KD came out on a mission this last game. I mean... Anthony Davis is getting a humbling experience because I've seen him try to try to guard KD, and that ain't working. So if you were you were Alvin Gentry, what would you do to try and slow down Golden State right now? I ain't too much you can do with that team. Everybody on the court can shoot the ball. So imagine having five players that has a basketball IQ where they're unselfish. And they can shoot the ball, especially having KD, what, at 6'11"? Yeah, 6'11", 7 foot. Yeah. Okay, they can play outside. Not really inside player, but whoever you're going to have guarding him, you got to be able to guard him on the wing because he can shoot the three and put on the floor. So it makes it a, a hard task for any defender to guard him at that size. And able. then you have Steph Curry. Then you have Draymond. Then you have Clay. So yeah. it doesn't matter where you turn. Everybody got to be on the same page. So it's hard to beat that team four games in a series. Well, I think if you're Anthony Davis, you take away from this that, all right, this is where my game has to get better because this is the litmus test for him. And if I was Anthony Davis, I would say to myself, I got to work on my my defense. If I'm going to be that guy, I need to step my defense up two notches. I mean, I'm already a pretty decent shot blocker. But now at my size, I need to be go out, be able to go out and guard competent twos, competent threes, competent fours, and even some fives. Because him and KD are the same size. There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to guard KD. I mean, my opinion. No, but normally KD is actually a guard. I know. Davis, Davis was a guard in high school when he was a point guard, but then when he grew, 
that changes game when you got to Kentucky. So it's a different mindset how you grow up playing the, that position. Now, don't but forget just, it now. They also playing without Boogie Cousins. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Steve. If they would have had Boogie Cousins, I think that would have been a difference. Think about this lineup. If they could have gone with this lineup right here, they could have got Boogie, Anthony Davis, how you say the dude name that just cut his beard off, Merkel, Merlich, Meritage, Meritage. You put, <laughs> just call him M. <laughs> yeah, M. Put him on the floor. Drew Holiday and Rick. That, that, that's, that's a that's a intriguing lineup. You know, because you have to play. It's almost like playing chess. You know what type of team Golden State has. But now you play to your strength. You have Boogie that can play inside, outside. Then you got Davis can do the same. So they become a hard matchup as well. And Rondo, for the love of God, don't have a jump shot, but that's not his game. He know how to get the players the ball exactly where they need to be successful as far as scoring. Now, Steve, let me ask you a question. Rockets versus Warriors. Who you got? Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a t- like I, I love to see Chris Paul make it to his first final, but that's a tough one to if they can do it and beat Golden State, that'd be amazing because they having a an amazing season even with James Harden his MP on uh, his MVP career uh, season. But it's going to be I think that probably be between the East and the West that probably be the more exciting. Um, series in this playoff. I think both of them are going to go seven games. Uh, I don't I know. Mean, I think I think I think LeBron might pull out in six. Well, at the level he's been playing at, I got to admit he he been on a mission. But like Mike Greenberg said on Get Up uh, yesterday morning, it's kind of hard to bet against the Celtics right now because. They're just playing. They're showing the ultimate team game right now, the way they're playing. And Terry Rozier is balling for some money. He is. He trying to get a new. He trying to get a new house and new car because he is doing it. <laughs> and I just think when you look at the Warriors Rocket series, part of me, I got to be honest, I'm not a Daryl Morey fan. I'm not an analytics fan. I'm sort of like Barkley. I'm a get-off-my-yard type old fella. I just... Basketball is not a video game. There's strategy to it, you know? And now, when I watch a game and I can see the entire paint, that's just it's disgusting to me. And it's like, if you're seven foot and you got no low-post game, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And But, with all that being said... It has been a magical year, and James Harden is tough to guard. But I got to be honest, uh, Steve. Until they show me, I'm gonna be can't, I'm gonna be uh, Missouri. You're gonna have to show me you've gotten over that hump because Chris Paul, James Harden, and Mike D'Antoni are their first team, perennial first team, all bitch up team, and. Golden State has a resolve in these big, big series. I just, I don't know. I just, if they beat Golden State, they deserve to be the, the, the world champions. I just don't think they can do it. Well, you know, it always got to be 
it's always got to be one year, and this may be the year. You know, and I'm not a big hockey fan, but you know, I saw the Penguins go down last night. Wow. Yeah, but look, they are they fight the the the, the uh, Capitals every year. <laughs> now, mind you, most of the years they win, but Washington got a true superstar who got a, you know. I don't want to call James Harden soft because, man, he got an old man game and he's he's crafty. But it's just something about him that says bitch up. And I I don't see that in Ovechkin. Man. No, but Ovechkin, you know, like he's one of them, you know, he might be one of them greats like a Charles Barkley or Carl Malone or John yeah. Stockton that never, never won a ring. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I um I do feel for Chris Paul because he is the ultimate uh, go getter. I mean, he's a great team player. He give a hundred percent all the time, and it just didn't work out. I think I think the curse of Donald Sterling is over the Clippers um, franchise, and it's probably gonna be another five ten years before that stench gets off the fran- excuse me off the franchise. But you're right. This is the year for them to win it, and I'm gonna tell you if they do win it. It ain't going to be because of Harden or Chris Paul. You know who I think is going to be the key? The big man? Clint Capella, yes. He uh, is trying to get him. He's trying to buy him a small island the way he playing. I mean, he is. <laughs> I'm interested but to he, see, though, how he pits himself up against Draymond Green. But the one thing about Capella, you know, and a lot of people may not know it or not, but he do have a great mentor, the great a King Elijah one. Yes. For working with him. Yes, he does. But also, for what they need for him is not really that scoring because if you look at his game, it's more pick and roll, defense. Running the floor. The floor. Yeah. You know, that's the ultimate utility player that that's what they need out of him. Well, I'm going to say this, Steve. I've always believed this. In order for you to win a championship, I believe you got to have somebody in the organization that's been around a title. And to the Rockets' credit, they have that in Trevor Ariza, who won a title as a young man in the league with the Los Angeles Lakers. And I I think his play is going to be key as well because – you're talking about a long 6'9 guy. He may get that assignment that nobody else wants. That's KD. I think he can hold his own. I think they're going to throw different bodies at him. They're going to have to throw Tucker metal. Tucker's going to have to be a little physical, even though he's shorter. But yeah, but he's have... got some girth on him. he got a lot of girth on him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to throw. At the end of the day, you just got to hope KD have a. Off night, but really, you can't stop him. You know, certain players in this league, you can't stop him. You just hope that you can contain him a little bit. Well, you know, Barkley was talking to Victor Oladipo about that um, the other night on uh, the NBA, uh, the TNT show. And when he was asking him, he said, "When did the when did you know that you could get your shot?" Now, you as a basketball player, you were a scorer. Um, you didn't play necessarily in the NBA, but you played pro overseas. Did you ever get to the point where you just felt like you could get to your spot and get your shot whenever you wanted it? 
that's what that's the work that's the work that people don't see when you put in on the off season. And when you play this game, that's what you train for because whenever you Okay. Whenever you had a different situation, you know you can get your shot and most of the players that they call them, you know, the money shot, the free throw line, fifteen feet. You know, so you know how to get you know how to use your body, you know how to use your angles to get to your spot where you want to get your shot. And also, being a, a guard, the ball is in your in your hand majority of the time, so you always in advantage against a defender. Wow. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish up this conversation with our predictions for who's going to make it to the uh, championship series. And then we're going to talk the ultimate conversation that's been flooding social media. LBJ or MJ, who's the GOAT? But I got a twist to that whole conversation. That's how we're going to close out. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, family, the Get Down Without Hurley Brown today. I'm your host, Kelvin Harris. I'm normally your co-host. But my former room dog is out making Merritt Island perennial power that it used to be out in spring practice now filling in for him is uh the first one of the members of the first family of Dade county basketball former university of miami great steve edwards stevie how long did you play professionally in europe i played 12 years what were the countries you played in um argentina russia and spain now where'd you play at in spain I played in Madrid and then the Canary oh. Islands. Oof, Madrid. Listen, I got a chance to play in the World League, and we uh, played Barcelona. And in the World League, unlike in the NFL, we got a chance to stay over the night after the game. Mm-hmm. Fond, I have very fond memories of Barcelona, my friend. Very fond <laughs> memories. 
I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go back. But I heard Madrid is off the chain too. Oh uh, no, it's, it's a different experience. But like I tell most people, when you're from Miami, a big city in itself, you know, it's just a, it's just a different nightlife. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, where was your best team at, and what was your best season? Um, Argentina. I had the chance to play with uh, Fabricio Alberto, who played with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I remember yeah, my him. first year. My first year over there, we won like two championships: the South American Championship, the League Championship, and we went to the McDonald game where Chicago was the NBA host team with Michael Jordan, and we end up. Well, we were playing in Paris, and I think we end up finishing third. Did y'all get a chance to play the Bulls? No, we lost a game before against uh, Olympiacos, a team from Greece. Did they have any pros on their team that played in the NBA? Uh, Olympiacos, did they have? Because they have a perennial program. Mm, I don't know if they had one, but they had a. They had a. They looked like they had a a pretty professional team. But they they end up beating us by I think four at the end. Well, it would have been it would have been interesting for you to tell your Michael Jordan story and how he took you to the hole and dunked on you. But uh, they they bailed you out they bailed you out on that one. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's go Eastern Conference first. You uh you going with the uh, the King in this one? I'm assuming. Yes. I guess I am, too. You're saying six games. I'm going to say seven. And I'm going to add a caveat. Jason Tatum plays as good or better than LeBron in this series. But it's not going to be uh, enough. LeBron is going to do some special things, I think, in that series. The question is, who they going to have gone LeBron? Who they going to have? Morris? Uh, that that that's why I said LeBron's gonna do some special things. So it don't really matter what Jason Tatum do. There's nobody. Jalen Brown can't guard him. Jason Tatum can't guard him. Keith Smart is way way too small. Al Horford ain't athletic enough. So that right there says it all. That's why we going with the King. I mean, nobody matches up with him. Now, in the West, this was a little bit more tricky. I gotta go Warriors in seven. I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out, but I think they win the seventh game in Houston. And it's it's hard to, it's hard to bet against them because of the team that they have. But I just want to see Chris Paul do it this year. So I'm, I'm going to tip my hat and go with the Warriors. No, no, I'm going to tip my hat and go with um Houston. So who you got to win the championship? Oh, that's whoever coming out the West. Okay. All right, I got the Warriors winning, so I got the Warriors winning the championship as well, and I think they win in six. I think LeBron has another monster, monster series, but they just don't have enough, and I think KD does his thing again. Now, let's move on right quick before we end the show. We're going to end the show. There's been a big, you know, LeBron's hit these two winning shots, so now the whole the GOAT conversation comes up. And you said something off air. Your your pick for the GOAT was the guy whose shoes you're buying. And I kind of agree, but I do – I agree in that in the modern era, Jordan is who people look at as the GOAT. And mm-hmm. I just 
I just think, you know, the whole argument is moot because LeBron is a special talent. But statistically and accomplishment-wise, Mike, he could never surpass Mike. Now, I will say this. In my opinion, neither one of them is the GOAT. And I said this off air. And you guys can email into the show to get down hurlybound at gmail.com and put your your thoughts on record. But my GOAT is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And my proof, my, 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 my reasoning is this. Power Memorial, national champion, never lost a game in high school. Player of the year, high school. UCLA lost one game in four years. Three national championships, three player of the year awards. Oh, and by the way, they outlawed the dunk because of him. So they changed the rules. Then he becomes the number one pick. Six world titles, six MVPs. He's the leading scorer in college and in pro. What prevents him from being lauded like he should is that he was very ornery to the media. He played before the media era. And I think his Muslim religion also had something to do with it. A close second is not Mike. It's Wilt. Because, hey, I know he played a long time ago. But when you average 50 points a game, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, he was a physical marvel. He had great fundamentals. He had a great basketball IQ. Now, the greatest winner is head and shoulders Bill, Bill Russell. But I'm of the opinion that if you switch Bill Russell and Wilt and put them on opposite teams, the Celtics would have been an even more devastating dynasty. I'm going to give you the floor. What you think? But for people to understand them guys you mentioned, they have to really been in, who saw them play back in that era. Yeah. And I, like we talked off air, you know, most people go with Michael Jordan because of the era that we in compared to what LeBron is going through now. And LeBron is doing something special that, like I told you before, we're not going to see in a while. But when I watch, I grew up in the 90s, so... That's when basketball was basketball, physical basketball. Not like today's basketball where it almost, you know, it's not like you enjoy watching it because it don't get so soft. You know, at least, you know, back then, if you're going to score 30 points, it's going to be a hard 30. Oh, yeah. You gonna and then they had, the, they had regular season fouls and playoff fouls. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I say it's it's amazing when they show the old clips where Larry Bird driving to the basket, and he getting hooked out of the air, and you see Kareem, you see them fighting, you see Dr. J, you know that. But that's when basketball, you knew like you didn't have no fear when you had some sense of if I'm driving to the basket, it's not going to be easy. No. So the, the the Detroit Pistons made Michael Jordan go get in the weight room. Yeah, they did. Well, that that era's gone, uh, and I think, like like you said, for this era, LeBron is definitely doing some special things. And, and, and you know, we're going to wrap up by saying this. Enjoy what you're seeing from the young man because it's going to be a long time, like Stevie said, before we see somebody else do these things. I want to thank Stevie for being my uh, co-host today. Steve, what's your social media? 
social media? Do I, use, I don't really use it too much, but I think I'm on Facebook. I just got my name, Steve Edwards. That's the only thing I'm on. All you UM fans, go look Steve up. He'll shout you out. Listen, I want to thank you guys for listening in today. Uh, Hurley may be back next week. If not, we'll hold it down until he gets back. Uh, I've been working on my outside shot. We're gonna keep shooting. And I want to thank Steve for I want to thank Steve for uh, you know coming on today and and talking basketball. Hopefully, we can get him back. So for my esteemed co-host and. We got to shout out A-Rod, the producer extraordinaire. And i like to always close uh, our podcast with, it's all about the you, baby. Canes for life. Enough said. Yes, sir. See you next yes, week. Sir. <laughs>